Inflation bites. Are you feeling it? Food, gasoline, rent, mortgages, all going up? How can you fight it? We're going to talk about that when we come back. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. We appreciate you taking your time to listen to the podcast. We appreciate you sharing the podcast. It is growing tremendously. And we attribute that to you for sharing that with your friends, family, and even on your social media. So we certainly appreciate that. Now, today's topic, we're going to talk about things that we can do to lessen the effects of inflation and recession on us and our families. Now, when we were talking about this earlier Krista had said, didn't we do a recession episode not too long ago? And we did. But we've actually come to find some new information, and we have seen the June figures come out on the inflation rate, and we're expecting the Q2 numbers to show that we are officially in recession. Yikes. So how do we deal with that? Mm. And we've got some ways that we can do that here. Now, the June figures came out, and the CPI, which is how they measure, that is the Consumer Price Index, how they measure the inflation rate, came out at 9.1%. But more telling is the PPI, the Producer's Price Index, and that came out at 11.6%. Now, is it my understanding that these percentages are the increase between June of last year to June of this year? Correct. So in one year, we've seen that average out to those percentages that you just stated. Correct. That's an alarming amount of rise Mm -hmm. on inflation in a very short span of time. And some of this we have seen that it takes a large jump one month and not so large of a jump another month, and it varies. And there are some things that are not included in the CPI, things like food and heating cost. Those are not included. And so I think we're seeing a much larger rate of increase on some of those items. Oh, absolutely. I think you can definitely see commodity increases are at the highest level Mm -hmm. and has been. They said it's a 40-year record. I mean, the last time we saw inflation and recession at this level was during the 80s. Right, and each month seems to be a new 40-year level. Mm -hmm. Now, the PPI is the wholesale price index. That's the inflation in the wholesale market. And it concerns me that it's at a higher rate than the retail side of the consumer. Exactly. And it is upstream, so to speak, from the consumer. So it being upstream means that a few months down the road, we're going to be paying even more. So 
I'm expecting double-digit inflation in the July numbers, if not July, certainly by August. Mm -hmm. Now, we're expecting a deepening recession. Now, I'm not an economist, but a lot of the economists that I follow and read and such, they are expecting a deepening recession, regardless of what the media is telling us regardless of what the government is telling us, that we are in the greatest economy we've ever had and the economy is going great and it's robust. And to that, I'll call BS. Yeah. To my eyes and ears, it's not performing well at all. So No, it's not. And to add to all of that, we are expecting some fairly significant food shortages beginning in the fall with this year's harvest. Mm -hmm. A lot of things have affected that. A lot of things have, and we've been putting a lot of that in the newsletter. And if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and do that. It's free. And we're expecting some real issues coming about when the harvest is made this year and going on into the winter, we're expecting some serious vegetable shortages. I mean, the the droughts, just for one thing, has us down tremendously. There's a decreased harvest going to be seen with wheat, with corn, and with soybean. And now we're seeing even deepening droughts. I mean, look at Lake Mead. It's almost down to – well, it's getting to critical stage. And there may come a point where they have to shut the power generation down – from that dam. Yeah, we talked about that in a few podcasts back about blackouts and brownouts, and mm-hmm. some of these will be intentionally initiated just for that very reason. Yeah, because the electric grid can't support the load, and they have to shut down certain areas, which are the rolling blackouts, to be able to conserve some of that electricity. So what we're talking about today is things that we can do to lessen the effects of inflation and and recession on us and on our families. But let's talk about our sponsors for just a moment. Who you got up first? I think we've got ProLine Digital Group. ProLine Digital Group. Good guys. They maintain our website. They built our website. They do web hosting. They can build apps. And they've got this thing I'm really excited about. And if I was doing a type of business that could use this, I would absolutely be using their digital lead program. And it is great for small business, for mechanics, for lawn care, for any type of small service business, something that people is going to be searching for that service. And they are able to provide you those leads. So give them a call and let them know that you heard about them here. And they are linked off of our website, so you can get to them very easily. How about Jim Curtis Knives? Oh, Jim Curtis Knives. You know, Jim makes handcrafted works of art, but they're functional. He makes a knife that he intends to be used. 
I know you've got two of them that I've given to you, and I'm looking at one right now. And I know that you use them and you love them and you're very proud of them. And Jim Curtis does make a beautiful knife. You know, he'll handcraft a blade and a handle to your specifications. Mm -hmm. There's so many choices and variations out there. Or you can also select from some that he already has built and ready to go. You can find Jim Curtis knives on his Facebook page. He often posts a lot of pictures and photographs. You can message him privately and you can uh, work a deal with him he guarantees the blade for a lifetime he'll give you a lifetime's worth of sharpening and two band-aids will come in your jim curtis knife package so if you want heirloom quality but very highly functional well-crafted knives you look up jim curtis knives you will not be sorry no you won't and he uses good band-aids too i've (laughs) used both of mine and plus a few Mm -hmm. and uh, they do stick very well We've got uh, Clean Start has come on as a relatively new sponsor, and they produce a solution that is an alcohol-free hand sanitizer and an antiseptic. And I carry a bottle of it in my, my pocket every day. I carry a small bottle with a foam pump applicator on it. And I'll use that stuff six or eight times in a day. It's very clean on your hands. It, it is. dries quickly. You don't have any of that sticky residue feeling. Exactly. And you can use it as an antiseptic. Now, from a prepper standpoint, it's great because, one, you're carrying one solution for two situations. Mm-hmm. Number two, it comes is it is a 40X concentrate. One 3.2-ounce bottle makes a gallon, and a gallon lasts a good while. Oh, uh, uh, certainly a long while. So if you're looking at storing hand sanitizer, antiseptic, it's a whole lot easier to be storing three-and-a-half-ounce bottles than it is bigger containers of hand solution and containers of antiseptic. I like that it's alcohol-free, too. That means when you have a cut... A burn or a scrape, you're not going to get that bad sting. Mm-hmm. And so that wants you to clean that wound even better. And they are offering to our listeners a 25% discount if you use the link on the website. So go take a look at that. And it comes in a nice starter kit and has the foam pump bottles and mixing jug and everything that you need in there. So go take a look at that. And uh, use our website, and it's good with a 25% discount. Now, we also have the base handgun training system. Mm -hmm. Sean Rafferty designed this, and it's a great system, especially if you've never had formal handgun training. It goes through and it teaches you the very basics of the things that you need to know, and it's more than just point the gun and pull the trigger. And he talks about safety and and a lot of things in there. It's a great system if you've not been in a formal class. And Sean is also offering to our listeners his prepared citizen course at absolutely no cost. So you go to our website and go to friends and affiliates and click on that and it will come to you absolutely free. Now, it looks like you're checking out, okay, but it ends up with zero dollars on the the cost. Right. So don't let it throw you off there. But I think he's offering a $50 discount off of the base handgun system. So go check that out. 
Hey, welcome back. Listen, we're going to jump right into this and talk about how to fight some of this inflation that is affecting every wallet, purse, and pocket in this country. One of the very largest ways we can begin this fight is in our food costs. And what we can do there is we can purchase more of a store brand or a generic label on some of the things. Now, I know that there's certain things we're not going to buy the generic for. No, but the generics are getting so much better. They really are. I think you ought to give some of them a chance, you know, to try. And, and that's what we're doing here. There's uh, one that you bought a generic, and after I tried it, I said, hey, I like this better than the name brand. Exactly. And there was another one you brought the a store brand in, and I said, nope, go back to the name brand. So it's really a, a choice, but if the budget gets down to a point where we're ha having to make those critical decisions, it's going to be store brand all the way. Oh, yes, and also if you're a member of a wholesale club, uh, Costco, Sam's Warehouse, buying in bulk, and also getting together with your uh, trusted friends, family, and neighbors and purchasing in bulk in larger groups. Sometimes these bulk stores have very large case lots mm -hmm. on certain amounts of food. Like, for example, I don't need, you know, 96 cans of anything right now. But if I get enough friends, family, Sunday school class, community, if I get enough folks together and we all chip in and split the costs of some of the cases of food or loaves of bread that you can put into the freezer, that sort of thing. Make a community effort out of buying mm -hmm. in bulk. In the long run, you'll save time and money. Right. Another thing to do is leftovers. Now, I know a lot of folks are not really happy about leftovers, and I'm married to one of those guys. He's really <laughs> not a leftover type guy, but what he doesn't know is that many, many times what he's being served definitely is a leftover of some type. I've had what we call Friday night soup, and that's where I've taken the green beans and the corn and the potatoes and the peas and the carrots that were served earlier in the week, and I put them in a container in the freezer, and on Friday we make soup. And I think they're better on Friday when you soup them up. Well, that's the thing is that sometimes you can actually prepare for leftovers. That seems like an odd concept, but mm -hmm. I have actually, for example, I'll purchase a three-pound package of ground beef, mm -hmm. just to give you for instance. I'll I'll cook and crumble the whole three pounds, drain it real well, and then I'll portion it out into, say, you know, two-cup servings in a freezer container. And then I may have eight or 10 or 12 containers of that meat ready to go, and I don't have to take the time and trouble to prepare it later, and I can come home from a long day of work, throw it in a pot, put the makings in there for chili, and we're ready mm -hmm. to go. So preparing for leftovers is a good way to use your uh, your budget and your time. And a lot of people do take leftovers to work with them the next day to have for lunch. Oh, exactly. Oh, absolutely. Do that. Something else you can do is a really good time of year here in America is to plant your own vegetables. They actually start blooming and harvesting pretty early, mm -hmm. like tomatoes and peppers, cucumbers, onion, garlic, lettuces, cabbage, beans, squash. Anything you know. we can grow in the backyard that we don't have to buy at the grocery store, that's a plus. That's a that, bonus. That's absolutely. an inflation buster. And, you know, you can also cook it from fresh, which if you go to a farmer's market and let's say you get a good deal on a bushel of peaches or a whole bundle of squash, you can blanch and freeze some of those things for later as well. And here's another little idea that is not original to me, but practical prepper listener, listen closely. If you're getting to the point where your food prices are just getting kind of away from you, 
I want you to go ahead and dig into your own preps. If you've got enough that's put aside, go ahead and start rotating into your preps, maybe a little more deeply. If that'll help stretch your dollar, listen, that's what prepping food is all about. If you're getting to a bit of a financial crisis and you don't feel like you need to touch your preps on your food, go ahead and do it. You've got to eat. Mm-hmm. You can purchase food later. And if, we did this mm-hmm. one time. We basically lived out of our preps to a big degree for almost a month after we cut down from two to one income. Absolutely. And I'm so thankful that that food was stored and it was there. And it was exactly for what we needed it mm-hmm. for. We had an emergency and we used our prep food. You need to do the same thing if you feel led to do that. Let's look at gas prices. They do seem to be coming down Mm -hmm. a little bit right now, but I think they are coming down to get a running start to go up. Well, it's, you know, it's a yo-yo. It it Mm -hmm. is, but regardless, they're expensive. So some of the things that we can do there is eliminate unnecessary trips. Exactly. You know, bundle your trips. Don't just jump in the car to do one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, combine those trips. And, you know, used to when I was in business, it was nothing for me to jump into the truck and run to some place that I needed to go 10 or 12 miles away and then come back to the office. And I could have changed when I went and combined that trip when I needed to make several trips and just make it into one. Now, here's something that I have started doing, and I did not do this for the purpose of gasoline, and that is when replacing power tools, consider battery-operated power tools. Okay. Now, I got tired of getting two or three years out of a string trimmer, out of some low-end gasoline-powered mower and weed eaters, chainsaws, leaf blower, leaf leaf blower was a big one. Mm -hmm. And those things begin to gum up. They seem to be made disposable, but I was getting two or three seasons out of some of these things. And I purchased a 80 volt string trimmer and I loved it. It had as much power as my gas ones ever did. I actually have two batteries, and really, using up a full battery is about all I want to work before I take a break. (laughs) Well, there you go. So you could do it with one battery and be able to do what you need to do, take a short break while it recharges, and then continue on with your yard. Then later, we bought a leaf blower, which gives us a second battery, And same thing, one battery on that leaf blower will let us do pretty much everything we need to do here. And we have two driveways, and we don't have just one. There's one that goes out to outbuilding garage, and we have walkways around the front and the back and the concrete walkways. So one battery is enough to do all of those things that we need to do. Now, if I'm blowing leaves, it does get into the second one. But here's the thing. I haven't had to replace one of those tools. That's very efficient. And we long ago went to battery-operated drills, which Uh I know that's not gas-operated. But I'm looking and I'm hearing from people who have gone to even circular saws that are battery-operated and getting great service. But 
That would be a minor gas saving. And I just was sitting here thinking about another one we could put on the list that's very efficient. We live in a country now where you can have a lot of things delivered right to your door. So if you can save time and money on having your groceries delivered, some of these people are on um, subscription food boxes, HelloFresh and and, uh, Hungry Root and some of those types of things. You can have delivery, obviously Amazon, but there's so many things that we used to have to get in the car to go get mm-hmm. that now for the business, the grocery stores and, and uh, places like that are offering, in some cases, depending on how much you purchase, free delivery. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, that's great. I would much rather it come to my door free. And uh, you do have to, of course, get online and order it and and. You're not able to actually handpick the things yourselves, but I've usually been pretty happy with the Mm -hmm. things that have been delivered. So that may be another way to fight the gasoline crunch in your car is let somebody bring it to you. Yeah, if that stuff gets so expensive and it's really biting into the budget, that would be a great cost-saving measure. Mm -hmm. And you can do some of the food delivery, the Pizza delivery, yeah, and things DoorDash, like Grubhub, and some of the restaurants will offer free delivery if you're over a certain amount. Mm-hmm. All right, here's one that we have done, and that is shop used. Don't be afraid to purchase used for most things. Yes, if you've got a Salvation Army store, a Goodwill. Some of those uh, saving way, there's a lot of thrift. Some of them are called America's Thrift or whatever. They're basically a consignment or a thrift type store. It's it's kind of, I guess you could say it's an overglorified yard sale, basically mm-hmm. what it is. But generally, you do find some pretty neat buys there, and, and that really appeals to the preppers. Yeah, especially if you know what you're looking at. We got a great backpack deal one time we, at we a thrift did. store. And a friend of mine got a tremendous deal on a putter a golf putter and he paid like 10 bucks for it and turns out it was retail somewhere around 400 dollars. holy moly it's a great cost Mm -hmm. savings there now another thing you can do and look at some places and buy factory refurbished we see that a lot in the electronics world where you can Mm -hmm. purchase some refurbished laptops refurbished desktops all sorts of devices, even phones, and iPads that have been refurbished. Actually, I think you and I are both carrying a refurbished phone mm-hmm. at this point because they had both, within two days of each other, developed when they were very new um, electronic issues, and they replaced them with refurbished. But you can also find refurbished tools. Mm-hmm. They'll go through and refurbish that tool, or maybe it comes out, And there is some type of factory defect in it, so it goes back in under warranty, and they just send you a new one. And then they refurbish that one. They go through it, and they test it very well before it comes back out. So sometimes I'd rather have a refurbished than I had a new because it's been tested. Mm -hmm. So that's a good way to go. Now, you can look at Craigslist. We have a son-in-law who I think has a master's degree in shopping on Craigslist. He's good at it. He, he has. I'm not sure when was the last time he ever purchased something from an actual store that he wanted that he couldn't find on a Craigslist. Yeah, he says if it's $100 or more, Craigslist is the place he's going and to And I will buy. tell you, he has found some great bargains. He certainly has. 
And you've got similar things on Facebook Marketplace. Now, he was telling me the other day that Facebook Marketplace seems to be a little hotter spot now than Craigslist. It's probably got a broader reach and a broader range of product. Now, there are some safety tips that we feel like we need to mention right here. If you're purchasing off of Craigslist or you're purchasing off of Facebook Marketplace, do not meet in a secluded area. Right. When you've gone to make that transaction and you're Mm -hmm. going to go meet the buyer, the seller, whoever, you know, what are some of the, well, I call them common sense, but they do bear repeating some of the ways that it's best for you to protect yourself as a seller or a buyer. Mm -hmm. And don't bring people into your house if at all possible. Yeah. You want to try to find a neutral public, safe place to make the exchange. Now, I understand sometimes they're extremely large items that you have to sell, and you don't want to be carrying those someplace else. Now, an example, we have a metal break that at some point we will sell that. Somebody needs to be using it. It was Krista's dad's metal break, and he used it for several years. And we actually have no need of it, and we don't want it just sitting there when somebody else could use it. And we'll probably list that on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. But when it comes time to meet someone to sell that, I'm already going to have it loaded on the trailer, and then I will meet them in a public parking lot. There you go. And talking about public parking lots, do insist on a public meeting place. But if you go to a parking lot, especially if it's dusk or later, don't park way out in the outer area of the parking lot, which might seem more convenient. But get closer to the doors. Get where people are nearby. Get Mm -hmm. where people are walking by. And who knows? You might come up with another prospect and be nice to have a bidding war going on there for what we want to sell. You know, I've learned that there are some uh, police departments and sheriff offices that actually provide a a marketplace space in their own parking lots. Yes, and that is well lit, and it is video uh, taped all the time. So it's a good place to go and make your exchange. Another thing to do is to take someone with you. It's a good idea. Or at least tell someone where you're going. If you're purchasing high-value items, you really need to know what you're doing. Right. If anything, if it's a large device, for example, a big smart TV, know what sort of cables and connectors you're going to need if you're wanting to set this thing up. Yeah, and and I'm thinking here, things that, um, like jewelry, for example, this just comes to mind. If you're selling a diamond ring, for example... I would take someone with me and to be able to make sure we don't get robbed. But if you're buying it, why I say that you need to know what you're doing is I really not sure that I can tell the difference between a diamond and a cubic zirconium. There are some pretty good looking fakes out there. There are. So if you're purchasing a high vo- high volume item, then make sure either you know what you're doing or you take someone with you to help you and to guide you with that. And also, trust your instincts. Mm -hmm. Many times your gut is going to tell you the truth that 
your your mind might not. So just be common sensible about doing any kind of business through Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or any of those types of things. You know, just treat it as a secure operation mm-hmm. because it needs to be. We've heard too many stories about where something went bad wrong and it turned out to be a setup for a, a robbery. And we just don't want anybody to be a victim. All right, moving on, let's do some price shopping. Boy, this is something we do a lot. Mm-hmm. I remember when we went to go to buy a generator, I think I looked for a good solid two weeks straight every single day online before I settled on the one I wanted to go look at. And she did say she settled on yeah. the one. <laughs> and she did the research, and she went by the reviews and all of that, and she actually found the best bang for our buck and that's what we went with that's exactly what we did price shop it's there the big box isn't always the cheapest price that's true that is exactly right um it's it's worth your while to do some research on, on things like that because we're trying to fight inflation so we're trying to get our dollar to stretch harder so don't just assume that a big name Big brand, big box is always going to be the best deal because you might find those little uh, smaller stores in your vicinity. Mm -hmm. For example, a lot of times people will think about a big box hardware store as being the best deal. When come to find out, the little downtown hardware shop that's been in business 85 years is a better place to shop and more knowledgeable. So oh, absolutely, and you can actually—they'll have an online presence too. So do some online comparison, and you can do that comparison online before you go. Absolutely. Now we checked a few places when we went to the home improvement stores and things. We would look at their generators and see, but we weren't making special trips. Mm-hmm. The price comparison was done primarily online, but if where we were sold generators, we looked at that location. We sure did. But it was all a part of the the price shopping comparison. Hey, let me jump in right here. We went a lot longer in recording this episode than we intended. So what we're going to do is we're going to split this into two episodes rather than go about an hour and 15 minutes. So... Come back on next episode, and we'll pick up where we left off with some great inflation-busting tips. Just remember, inflation bites. Stay prepared. And we'll see you next time.